Good morrow, Albuquerque. Per adventure, a different experience than you might anticipate here in the Duke City? Henceforth, we invite you to afternoon tea. Put away the store-bought tea bags and Lipton, learn the proper way to steep, and be introduced to tea time in Albuquerque as Lindsay and Ryan imbibe in a unique experience. What what happens is, is they just sit down? Like, I don't know. Is this like, a, what kind of, is it a tea ceremony? Like, tell me all about it. Because you've never been to like a proper tea, so no. this would be new no, for you I, too. I, I'm typically a coffee guy, so okay. you know, okay. tell me how this works. This is What Is Up, or <clears throat> What's Up ABQ. What's up, Albuquerque? This is Lindsay. And this is Ryan. And this is Season 4 of What's Up, ABQ. And we are back with another episode of What's Up, ABQ. I'm Ryan. And I'm Lindsay. And today we have... Amanda Ing. So, Amanda, we are sitting in a beautiful place. Can you tell us a little bit about this place and kind of how you got started? Well, we opened our first location in 2015 right down the road on 4th Street, that little cute building that now is, um, I think it's called Montage, and these these other gals have opened up a coffee bookstore, which is great, so that's fun. But we opened up there in 15, and um, after five years of just searching and looking for the right place, I had always wanted this piece of land. And it went for sale and I jumped on it and yeah, the rest is history. So we are currently sitting in one of the rooms here at IVT Room and um, IVT House, IVT Room. Uh, IVT Room, I'm yeah. sorry, I, I didn't want to mess it up. <laughs> and there's there's quite a few rooms. We took a tour uh, before we started recording and there's some like really beautiful rooms. Tell us a little bit about how you decided to decorate this place because it's a really magical place. <laughs> to be completely honest, I love Pinterest. And so I go on there and I see all these rooms and I was like, oh my gosh, I have so many rooms to decorate. And so I just took all my favorites and kind of just drew inspiration and so I knew I wanted it colorful I knew I wanted velvet I knew I wanted a lot of gold and black and yeah I just had a, I had a lot of fun with it so question if somebody comes in what what happens is do they just sit down like I don't know is this like a, what kind of is it a tea ceremony like tell me all about it you've never been to like a proper tea so no. this would be new no, for you I, too I, I'm typically a coffee guy so okay. you know okay. tell me how this works I know how it goes down get out just get out So it is reservation only, and that is almost all tea rooms across the board in every state I've ever gone to. Uh, because we, it is so much intricate work. We have to prepare the food, everything. We don't have any waste here, so we only make enough for the day. So, and that's most, like I said, most here. So it is reservation only. You book online, and after you book, you kind of pick. Okay, do I want afternoon tea? We have afternoon tea. That's our main thing. But we also have an afternoon tipsy tea, which comes with cocktails. That's really fun. We do that upstairs, and we can do it downstairs as well. I'm sorry. We also have our sweets and charcuterie, which has become really popular and that's basically this three-tiered charcuterie with cheeses and nuts but really high quality stuff and then you also get the dessert course and drink credits as well and so you also pick do I want to be downstairs do I want to be upstairs or do I want to be in the igloos and once you pick all that you just book your reservation you come in this is the QR code you kind of read off that and it explains you know you pick your teas and we have recommended teas but you pick your teas and then you have your courses of food. So you get your first tea and first course, then your second tea, second course, and then your third tea and third course. So it's really a nice two hour long experience. You feel very pampered and fancy. 
So I was privileged enough to be able to come to a baby shower before before the big C happened um, at the old location. And it was really neat because I noticed that it wasn't just about, you know, sitting and having tea and sipping and enjoying. It was also about presentation, which is really fun. I think if you're an aesthetics person, which I'm going to assume you clearly are. <laughs> it was a really just like beautiful, like visual experience too. What kind of things go into making your food just like beautiful? How do you get inspiration for that? Well, like you said, it's all about presentation. It's all about details here. Like even if you look on the corners of all the walls, well, not this out there, there's little details everywhere. So I wanted that with the food as well. So that's why when you get your first course, it comes in a birdcage. And then your next course, instead of the traditional three tier, it comes on this massive, like round kind of tier, beautiful presentation. And then your dessert course also comes in a birdcage and it has the diamond on top. But then we wanted to take a step further because I just love when I go somewhere and I'm blown away by the presentation. So we, you know, we add flowers, we add these edible sugars that are like dependent, like for Christmas right now, it'll have a little Santa Claus and a little stocking and Christmas trees. Like I like to do every, every month I like to do it with the season. So like Halloween, we had pumpkins, candy corn pumpkins, gross, but they're, for, they're pretty. Sorry, it's a love hate, it's a love hate like relationship. I've never met someone who's like just kind of in the middle about candy corn. It's always like, I love it or I hate it. So. I'm kind of in the middle about candy Are corn. You yeah. Okay, I love it. I'll be honest. Okay. But like, wow, I didn't know that about yeah. you. Okay. Anyways. I hate it, and but I love putting the pumpkins for you know Halloween. It's so cute. But the staff, half the staff loves it, and I'm just like, I'm judging them a little bit. <laughs> like, why are you eating this? See, I'm good for like five pieces, and then it's like, I'm done. I was a guest on a podcast last month, and it was a Halloween podcast, and that was the question they hit me with it, but like, I wasn't ready for it. They're like, so how do you feel about candy corn? And I was like, whoa, what? Like, I feel a little bit attacked. Like, is there a right answer? I don't it was they kind of went into this thing so it's really funny that you mentioned that yeah so that's so that's a little something that we do and then we always have flowers in the courses like i said and it just it just makes everything so much prettier and like you feel like you're super pampered and fancy favorite tea i'm the worst because i judge my guests for this but i do this and so it's like why am i doing this so we have so many amazing teas and they're all hand blended by me and they're fun and delicious but personally i'm an earl gray drinker and that's all i drink earl gray hot yeah, oh, either. I don't care how it comes. <laughs> but when guests come in, they'll be like, we just want Earl Grey in a song. And I'm like, you're my people. I get it. But there's so many options on here. But I'm like, how dare me judge them? Because that's exactly what I do when I go to every tea room. But so, yeah, Earl Grey all day. So you have some really interesting tea blends out there. What are some of what are some of the ones that are like the more interesting ones? Because I was reading as we were going. and I didn't actually even get to the end because I was like, there's so many. Tell us a little bit about your blends. I'd say for this season, and it's our it's our staff favorite, it's called our Wonderland Cake. And that's a carrot cake tea, which sounds kind of interesting, but um, you know, there's hints of like coconut macaroon in there. I put dried marshmallows in there. And it's an, oh, it just smells and tastes just like carrot cake. It's so good. That one's really fun. Our most popular tea would be our Dream Catcher, and that's a fruity floral white tea. It has rose and cherry and a bunch of fun stuff. And then another interesting one I would say is our Purple Jasmine. I'm not a jasmine drinker. I actually hate jasmine, but 
lot of people it's like candy corn they love it and i'm like oh but i was like okay if i do a jasmine i need to be able to drink it myself so i found this purple jasmine it's purple tea which is so interesting and then i mixed it with green jasmine tea and it was just less offensive <laughs> to me yeah so less offensive jasmine tea. yeah so it's like it's it's more mellow but people really love it and i just think it's interesting because it has the purple tea in it so again for us coffee drinking heathens what is the right way to prepare tea well, I will say also for the coffee drinkers, I have turned coffee drinkers into tea snobs with my tea. Okay. And I'm going to send you home with some, and then maybe next week you'll be changed. Okay. All right. We'll I will, I have to, okay, I'm just going to side note this because I, I have been recently converted to the tea side. I can't have coffee anymore because I'm on this medication that just like, it just messes with it. So I've been drinking more teas lately and I get it. I finally get it. I, I, it's like, it's like almost obsessive to this point. Like I have ordered the same tea that I'm like in love with. And yes, it's pumpkin spice. Judge me all you want. No um, <laughs> I drink probably like four or five cups of it a day because it's just so good. You're going to love the Wonderland cake or our toffee almond biscotti. I'll send you home with that. Yeah, you really like that. Yeah, see, I'm, I'm all for it. So. Oh, but sorry, your original question. You said, how do you prepare it? I'm yeah, sorry. Well, what's the right way to make tea? So tea is so specific and people don't realize you tea can either be the best thing you've ever had or the worst thing you've ever had. And that's and most tea, I should say, just by oversteeping. Certain teas, actually, the longer they go, the better. But those aren't really teas. They're more tisanes like fruit and things like that. But, you know, tea can get very bitter very fast, especially the green teas and the black teas. So our teas are to the second timed. I'm talking that extra 15 seconds will ruin your tea. So all of our, and we, it's a very strict rule here. If you accidentally oversteep a tea, you do not serve it, remake it because you're just going to give somebody something that they're not going to enjoy. Um, so yeah, the process, and we have a video on our page for it. Basically, you want to have your super hot water. They say different temperatures. I don't think that really, I've tried, I don't think that really matters. We like to, you know, if you're at home, you boil it and then turn off, turn it off. You don't want it to stay boiling. And then you have your teapot, your strainer. Hopefully that's the best way to do it. Bags, the uh, leaves can't expand. So you're not getting as much flavor. And then you have that papery taste a little bit. So mesh strainers are the best. You put that in your pot or your cup, whatever you have. You put your tea, 99% of tea is one teaspoon to one cup or one tablespoon to one 24 ounce pot. You do that, you pour your tea in, then you pour your water over it. And as soon as your water hits the tea, you press the timer. So, cause you want that exact time of when the tea gets wet. This is awesome, amazing. Like every now and again, I, I, I make tea and then, I have a lot to do now. Maybe you've oversteeped <laughs> it. You could have oversteeped it. So you have to pull it. As soon as that time goes off, it, it'll make a huge difference. Okay. Fair, fair. So if you, let's say somebody is coming in and they are new to tea or they've maybe just, they're, they're new, they're trying out their palate, they're trying to figure it out. What is a good starter tea for somebody who is just brand new, doesn't know anything, maybe doesn't have the complex taste for it yet? I would say it depends also on the season. So if it's the summer, like I said, our dream catcher, that's such a, it's such a beautiful tea that everyone who's ever drinking it loves it. It's just, I mean, I'm like probably 99% of people, I should say. And that's just a nice, you can have it iced, you can have it hot. That's a really good one. And then, um, and that's more of a white floral um white fruity tea so i would say white fruity teas are really good to start off if you don't like tea in the summer in the winter i would stay away for for new people from black and green teas because those can be a little intense sometimes and i would move more towards um the roby the roibos i had to say it wrong i don't care yeah. <laughs> it's 
Yes, it's yeah. Yeah. red tea, and we mix ours with fruit and things, and so you get a really strong, beautiful flavor, and you don't really feel like you're drinking tea. You almost feel like you're drinking a hot punch, almost, is like the best way to describe it. And I think those are really nice for the fall to start you off if you don't like tea. Speaking of fall and winter and seasons changing and all that good stuff, you have like a little courtyard out there and it has some really cool igloos. Tell us a little bit about that because that's something I want to try that I haven't tried yet. Tell us kind of how you decided to do that and then like like during the different seasons, like how they work out for customers. I remember seeing them that they were doing them in London and Canada and I wanted to go so bad. And so I said, well, if I can't go, I'll just do it myself is kind of was my idea. And I had actually wanted them before COVID. So that was really good because we were building this place and though we had already set up the patio for those. Oh, nice. And so when COVID happened and you could only eat outside, we had already had those prepared. So it was really kind of perfect for that. But I always wanted to do it. And then I bought one for my house to make sure they would work. And it was like, if it's 30 degrees outside and you have a heater in there, it is 70 degrees in there. It's amazing. So when it's snowing, you have the snow, you feel like you're outside. And even though we did it last year, every time I go in one, I just feel like I'm in, you know, a Disney movie. I love it. Yeah, I want to go buy one for my house. And like, when my kids get crazy, I'm going to be like, well, I'm going to the Eagle. I'll see you later. I'll like, send you a link. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> um, I know that you guys also host events. Um, what kinds of events do you host? And like, if somebody wants to do an event, what do they have to do to um, kind of make that happen? So we do a lot of bridal showers, baby showers, bachelorettes. We do it upstairs in our pink parlor. You can do it downstairs as well. You'll just be a little separated. Um, but for large parties, we only do our sweets and charcuterie because the truth is when we did afternoon tea, when people have big groups, they just, they're talking, they're having fun and they just would not eat the food. So we were throwing away so much food in our regular tea time, we threw away like no food. So we're like, okay, it's a big party thing. And I just couldn't stomach throwing away all that food. So we started doing the charcuterie and it was really nice because people can just casually snack and all that food travels so well. So whatever wasn't eat eaten, everyone took. So we just noticed it was better for the environment as a whole to not be wasting so much food. And so we just do the sweets and charcuterie now. And um, it's also nice because like I said, there's no rush. You eat it as slow or as fast as you want. It just can kind of sit there for hours. So how many people should come? Like if you're people, someone's listening and they're like, hey, like that looks really cool. Like we, we should come like in, in a normal sized group. You're talking about a maximum amount of people for like the large room upstairs? Or or just, or just is it two people? Is it three? Is it four? Like You know, it could, it's even one. There's, I mean, I love doing tea by myself personally. I love just sitting delightful. there. Yeah, kind of. Sometimes people have, like I have this one woman come in and she's become a good friend of mine. Her name's Joanne. She, you know, when she's having a really bad day or something or a bad time she'll just like book a tea sit there and read her book and it just brings her peace so you can come one person you can come 40 people it's really the experience you want for that time and again i think you know um just to, I, mean, I know we always say this but our listeners can't see where we're sitting we'll put up some pictures right like we'll put up we'll put up some pictures on instagram when this airs but there's lots of little different rooms they're all very unique they have their own kind of flavor and style so like it is a really personal experience which i really like you know every room kind of has its own personality which which i love so i wanted to kind of go backwards a little bit and ask you because i forgot at the beginning i don't know why probably because i was so excited about tea how did you decide like i want to build i want to do tea like how did you get to this point Still where you're like question. this is my thing <laughs> Still my sorry well i was um i was graduating my bachelor's at unm and it was i had been saving you know for my life savings for like seven years for grad school 
and my last year I was getting the job offers and it was like you know you're gonna work 60 hours a week you're gonna make x amount of dollars and I was just blown away I was like what like why am I no I don't want to work 60 hours a week for somebody else that's insane uh, sorry if anyone does that but no, for me I just no, 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 it no, is insane true. and it's it's it. no it, it is insane I completely understand yeah, that feeling. you know life so I was like well if I'm gonna work that much I would rather do it for myself so um I just started brainstorming and I said okay like what do I love I love food more than anything that's all I think about and I love you know experiences with food and so I said, well, afternoon tea is one of my favorite things to do. I wanted to have a place that was, you know, an affordable option for afternoon tea. That's how we kind of started. And I wanted it to be fun. I wanted it to, you know, not be so serious. I wanted it to be kind of like a light out light, but you're still having, it's just still elegant, but you can laugh and you can drink your mimosas, you know, and you're having fun. So I got my, my life savings. I, I did graduate from UNM, but I opened up basically the tea room a week later. So my last year I was just focusing on that. And I opened up the tea room. I missed my graduation too. I just, I was like painting or something ridiculous, but I did that. And that's basically, that's, that's how it all happened. So besides here, where's your favorite tea room? Oh my gosh. That's so hard. You know, I would have to say, no, this is easy. <laughs> the Berkeley it's in London. And this afternoon tea, it's called the Pret or tea. I'm sure I'm saying it wrong. And it's a fashion tea and it goes off the line of each year or each season, I'm not sure. And all the desserts, which I usually don't like the desserts. I'm like, a, I do double savories when I go to, go to tea. But these desserts, are they're, they're based off the fashion. So they look like the dresses and they look like the purses and it's so cute, And but it tastes good. That's the thing, it's not just looks, it tastes amazing. So the food's excellent. It's a full-blown experiment. I mean, it's like, you can't believe what you're eating and seeing. And that's probably by far. And then obviously, you know, every time I go somewhere, the big hotels like the Ritz, you know, they do the lobster and all these things, but they're charging you like $100. <laughs> so we're like, okay, let's make this a little affordable. We don't do lobster, but we still try to make it a really good experience. Do you feel like there's anything at the IVT room that makes it uniquely, un <laughs> I can't talk, <laughs> uniquely New Mexican? We were laughing so hard about that there, Amy, my husband, because... I don't know. I mean, I could be wrong, but I feel like we're probably the only tea room that puts green chili in things. Like, I just do. I don't care. I oh, love yeah. it. <laughs> and it's like, um, so I was like, I don't know if any other tea rooms do that, but we do put green chili in things. So, you know, I'm, I've been here most of my life. So I really do. And like, we do red chili in things. We do um, a lot of those New Mexican flavors, but not overwhelming with everything on the menu. I only like to use a flavor like one time if that makes sense on each item so we don't overdo it but yeah i love the green chili here and we are at about our halfway point so we will take a quick break and then we'll be right back hey burke your favorite albuquerque centric podcast now has merch and it's swanky we're creating new designs all the time so Check it out by going to whatsupabq.com and click on merch up on the top. We'd love it if you'd help spread the word of our little birthday love fest and helping out the podcast at the same time. And if you purchase before December 2nd, you can use the promo code SANTA for a discount on your order. Sweet, huh? Come on, buy some merch, man. We put a lot of work into this stuff. Just go to whatsupabq.com. Hey, everybody. This is Eric Carter-Landine, the host and producer of True Consequences Podcast. 
True Consequences is a true crime and mystery podcast with stories based in New Mexico and the American Desert Southwest. I started this show to bring light to cases that need to be solved in my state. You see, my brother was murdered 33 years ago and his murderer still walks free. So I cover cases with an empathetic lens because I understand what it's like to seek justice for a family member. I hope you'll give True Consequences a chance. You can find me wherever you listen to podcasts. And we're back. And uh, um, again, we'll have you introduce yourself. Hi, I'm Amanda Ng. And we are sitting at the IVT room. And um, I, we're sitting in this beautiful room. So there's this neon sign on the wall that says, ooh la la. And then the ceiling is my favorite part because you look up and you don't expect there to be anything on a ceiling, but there's this beautiful floral wallpaper and it's incredible. And it's like my favorite thing now. And I'm probably just never going to leave this place. So you might have to drag me out. I'm sorry. Oh, or you could just haunt it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I wanted to talk to you a little bit about, um, you kind of sell some things up front too. You sell tea. What else do you sell here that people can kind of take home with them to kind of create that experience at home if they want? So the things that I like to buy are things that I would want to buy. So that's what I've put in the shop, you know, luxury items that make you feel special. So so, you know, those those luxury candles we have and those are made in the U.S. by this female owned company, which is great. And then I have the crowns and the tiaras because I was like, you know, at tea, I know traditionally people do the hats and the, the little lace things. But I was like, no, like I don't honestly hats get me hot so I was like I don't really and, I, and if you do your hair you know so I was like well I also do oh crowns so I did crowns and tiaras glassware because I love glassware and champagne I basically made a shop for myself to be honest <laughs> the sunglasses I wear crazy glasses all the time so I got a bunch of crazy sunglasses which I was like are people gonna buy these because I'm the only one who wears these nuts glasses but people buy them and then they wear them and it's fun I've seen that again and again like you you create what you love and it's kind of like if you if you build it they will come Yes, exactly. I put my passion into it. I just, I, I always joked, I made the first tea room and I really made this one for me and my friends. Where do we want to hang out? This is where I want to hang out. I love hanging out here, honestly, probably more than any place in Albuquerque. And it's like, if you work somewhere and you're here all the time, it better be, you know, it, just a happy place. So where do you see this place going in the future? What would you like to see kind of happen? What's your, what's your wish list or your dream list of things that you want to see happen? I really want to open a few more locations. I want to do one maybe in Dallas. I want to do one in maybe Salt Lake City. So I, I would like to open them a few places, but my ultimate goal is, you know, my husband's from Hong Kong. I love Hong Kong. I would love to do one there, but I don't think I can compete with the crazy, amazing afternoon. I mean, they just go all out. Everything is insane and everything is just to the top in Hong Kong. So, but I'm like, if I could do that and then I could live there eventually, oh, that would be the dream. That's crazy. I've never even thought about that, but I'm sure they probably have their tea game like pretty on lock. Like it's probably it's probably like 110 percent. They owned the British for so long, so that influence is really there. So as many tea times as you have in London, you actually have just as many in Hong Kong, and they're just as spectacular, if not better. See, I had no idea. Like I just learned something today. I had no idea. Are there different types of like? Like a British tea time, you know, is there like an Asian tea time? Is there a, a, like etiquette or perceived? Pro I don't know the whole, the I whole thing. I'm asking, and yeah. this is actually a good question. What I would like to say is that's probably more themed teas. There are a lot of themed teas. So, you know, for instance, a lot of tea rooms are traditional. This is more of a modern glam. 
in London, they do tons of themed teas because they have to set themselves apart because there's just so many. Mm -hmm. So a really cool one I went to was um, a drag tea time. Oh, I'll show you the pictures in a bit. But it comes in a makeup box, all your food, and like the lip gloss, you can eat it. The oh lipstick, you eat yeah. it. That's awesome. The clotted cream comes in your eye cream. I mean, it's just adorable. So like they do a lot of things like that. There are, you know, Asian inspired teas in Hong Kong where it's more like this, like do do sushi afternoon teas. Like they even do that in London too, actually. They do like a Peter Pan one in London, all these crazy different teas, but it, I think that's how they set themselves apart. So yeah, there's plenty different ones, but I would say most afternoon teas, like if you go to any state, it's usually just more of a traditional afternoon tea. And so if somebody's going to set up for a traditional tea, because I'm looking at the table and I'm not going to try to describe it because I can't, is there is there a proper like protocol for setting up a table for tea and like what you should have on that table, what you shouldn't have, or even like what should you do at tea, what should you not do at tea? I would say, so I think the most important thing and no one does this. Every tea room I've ever been to, we are the only ones who do this. And I'm sure someone out there does, but none that I've been to, I've been to a lot the warmers. This is to me the most important thing you can do for your tea time because your tea gets cold and tea, oh, lukewarm tea is offensive. So <laughs> yeah. this keeps it almost boiling hot. So you're not rushed to drink that tea. You drink it slowly as you wish. I would say the type of sugar, you know, we use sugar in the raw. I think that is the best sugar for your tea because it doesn't fight it. It's good quality. So we really like using that. And, um, I think a beautiful a beautiful tea service is nice like having pretty cups it's like when I'll drink tea out of a paper cup let's say somewhere I don't and it could be the same tea that's in this this tastes better because it's in a prettier glass and I just believe that like even our champagne glasses are really fancy because I've gone to places in town and I get this like ugly champagne glass oh <laughs> it's like but when I have a beautiful champagne glass I just think it tastes better and it's more fun no I get that I um I lived in Hannibal. There was a local person that made uh, like goblets and mugs and stuff, you know. And so, like, I love when I get home, like, and I open up a beer. I drink it out of the, the goblet because it's awesome. And you enjoy it more. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. It does. It does psychologically. It does. I think there's something to that. Like, you're not just creating like a taste, but you're creating that experience, yeah. and it has to be both. I don't think you can come to tea and just like not have the aesthetic. And same thing, like you said, you know, if you have the aesthetic, you don't want your tea to taste bad like you don't want it to taste bad just because you're in a pretty room it doesn't make it it speaks to a lot of what you have going on here can you recall like your most like your your favorite tea experience well i would say the berkeley okay the the fashion tea was my favorite experience uh, there was also another one that was really fun it was an american tea in london which i was like hey why not but it was like Oh, so cute. It was like mini burgers and just silly things that were very American, but they did it in mini version and tea time version. And oh, the dessert, they gave us like a toffee milkshake, something ridiculous. Like it was <laughs> so good. And so that one was really fun too. Important question we ask everybody. Are you ready? No. Okay. <laughs> All right. Red or green? Oh my gosh. You know what? I thought that's the kind of question we talked about earlier. I'm not going to answer that. I'm just kidding. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm like, okay. Okay, no Nobody problem. has refused this question. I don't think they can here. Okay, I have a good answer for that because okay. I'm not a Christmas person. I don't like to mix them. But there's certain times for green chili and there's certain times for red chili. It's like green chili enchiladas, yes. <laughs> yes. We do a green chili chicken salad here. Oh my God, yes. But... 
chicharrones with red chili and a tortilla nothing beats that so it's just it just depends on the situation okay and <laughs> if, if you're going somewhere in town not here not a relative's house for for really good you know chili food eating where do you go Oh, that's a really hard one too. Honestly, my favorite green chili, I love the 505 green chili. I don't care. It makes my life easy. It's not too hot. I love, this is not an advertisement. I love that <laughs> green chili. And then red chili, there are so many good ones. I really like, um, I recently had stripes burritos and that's where I got the chicharrones and the tortilla and red chili it was insane. I also think Monroe's has really good red chili. I don't like my chili too spicy on the red or green. So I like when they just do it where you can enjoy the food and you're not dying. <laughs> so yeah. That's... I always tell my husband the same thing. Like I want to taste what I'm eating. I like chili, but I want to, I, I want it to be like an accent. I don't want it to like take over. Yeah. <laughs> when you're crying and my nose is running, my ears are burning. Like this is not fun. Right. This is no longer fun. Lorenzo is actually sitting in the room too yeah. right now. And if He's he wants to, I can see I, <laughs> if he wants to comment on, on red chili and spiciness. Yeah. Where would you? Go, like, where would I go? Yeah, where would yeah. you go? Um, you like a lot of hellfire in your in your food. I'm like, <laughs> I mean, I'm a Santa Fe guy, so I I like uh, I like Tomasitas red chilies. Red chilies, it's good. It had, the red chili has to be a deep red, and it has to be has to have some spice. To, it can't be mild. And if it's anything other than a deep red, they put something else in it, and it's not real red chili. Yeah. chili. <laughs> red chili snob. He's a little bit of a connoisseur, like, for sure. So, is there any any possibility that you you guys do hot chocolate or things like that around the holidays and if so would you consider putting like red chili in it oh god yes <laughs> so one of my f i love chili and chocolate and oh, my favorite place a selfish question i'm just asking for myself um in santa fe at kakawa they do tony has his special i'm sure you've gone there if you're a santa fe band mm -hmm. and his special is it's half of like the 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 sweet american chocolate i think and then half of like the aztec one the spicy mm -hmm. one and he mixes that and so maybe you would just like the spicy one but when it's mixed it's not too spicy it's still a little sweet that hot chocolate blows my mind i think it's like one of the best things of all time so i do like spicy hot chocolate we did hot chocolate once but you know the truth is with the scones and the desserts there's just so much sweet by the end no one really wants hot chocolate i noticed but we are going to do a hot probably hot chocolate cocktail or a christmas cocktail we like to do those and i think that'll be fun i know i'm like i'm like mentally gearing for the holidays i'm like okay hot chocolate what else we yes. got <laughs> are there new items to uh your your lineup that are going to be coming out soon I am working on a Christmas cocktail right now. It's almost finished. Um, so it's going to have, I buy those sugar, it's like these sugar decorative items that are really cute and it's a wreath and it's so cute. It sits on the champagne glass. And then, so it'll have champagne and then it will have glitter because we put glitter in almost everything here, edible glitter, FDA approved. <laughs> and then, and then um, it's gonna be this mixture of, I can't decide between the pomegranate or cranberry. And then we boil it down to a syrup and we boil it with, uh, oranges cardamom and cinnamon and so that that i just it tastes like christmas so that'll be the syrup kind of like a mimosa in a way the champagne the glitter and then the wreath on top oh so cute 
And so I know the since the holidays are rapidly approaching, which is crazy to me, if somebody wants to book something, how far in advance do they need to book for you to get a spot like, you know, reasonably soon? We do up to two months in advance. Oh. We just, we did 30 days. Now we're doing two months. So Christmas, well, we will never be open on Christmas Eve or Christmas Day or Thanksgiving. I don't believe in that. Those are certain days you just need to be with your family. So I've always felt that way. That'll always be the case. But um, Christmas time you can book and um, we have a link now on our page. If you put large parties, you just inquire there. It's super simple. And then you can uh, book your corporate event or your family event, whatever you like. And what is your page so people can check it out? TheIVTroom.com. Uh, is there anything else that you want to share or encourage people who are listening about tea, about the IVT room? Oh, okay. All right. Well, just <laughs> Lindsay's going to butt in with her question yes, now. I no, I actually just wanted to, it's kind of along those lines, but I wanted to ask you, you know, if you could say something to somebody who has a passion, maybe they're thinking about starting a business, they're not sure, they're toying with an idea, what would your advice be? This is just going to be the brutal, honest advice because it's what I would hope someone would tell me. When I was opening this place, I was very young and it doesn't really matter what age you are, but that made it, I think, a little difficult because I didn't have, you know, a home with equity and all these things. You have to have money to make money, which sucks. That's just the hold hard facts of it. You know, there's they say there's all these grants and all these things. There's really not. <laughs> so it's like they'll give you that grant, but you have to back up the grant with like a home equity or a car or something. So I will say save every penny you can just save all your money and basically you can use that money as leverage to get a loan so if you have let's say you save ten thousand or something like that you can go to the bank and then sometimes they'll match you west i think did that for me it's w-e-s-s-t i believe that's a really good organization so there are those grants you just have to have something to show that i've also worked hard for this you just like you can't just go into a bank and say hey i have this great idea i want a hundred thousand it's probably not going to happen <laughs> so but don't give up like save everything believe in yourself and you're gonna get told no a hundred a thousand times it, you just have to just keep going and you d- need to develop a thick skin because it's it gets hard for a while but eventually if you just keep persevering i think it'll happen for you uh if, if someone's listening right now um what would you encourage them to, you know to either with tea or with coming by or whatever I would highly recommend them to come by. (laughs) And I would say if you are going to come by, look at the snow days and book an igloo on a snow day. They're always amazing, but those are extra special. And I would say if you are new to tea, um, like I said, it's kind of nice to start on those simpler things. We also have a tea quiz that you can take and see, okay, what kind of tea might I like? But I would say not to go and buy like box teas from like Rural Market or Whole Foods, you know, places like that. I wouldn't do those. I would kind of, there's so many other tea, there's not just me, there's other tea shops in town that sell really high quality teas. I would start there first. Okay, sweet. Well, thank you so much for allowing us to come into your beautiful space and enjoy it with you. And um, yeah, it's been really cool talking to you. Thank you guys so much. Hello, my name is Brennan. And my name is Jesse. And we've been brothers our whole lives. We also host a podcast called Dad, I Have to Pee. Every Friday, we discuss parenting and punk rock with a special guest. We also answer your listener questions and impart our questionable wisdom. Available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and all other places. We're also on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Dad I Have to Pee. Hey 
Hey, Albuquerque, and thanks for listening to What's Up ABQ, Albuquerque's very own podcast. Every week, Ryan and Lindsay talk to the people who add unique flavor and make a positive impact to our fair city. We help point you to the places you need to see, visit, or patronize, and to do this costs some time and resources. So, without sounding too needy, could you help us out by pitching some funds our way? You can drop some bucks in the tip jar by donating at whatsupabq.com. And if you know about a local business or establishment that should be featured, or you own one yourself, drop us a line at abqwhatsup at gmail.com. Again, the website is whatsupabq.com, and the email is abqwhatsup at gmail.com. We've also got a few sponsorship spots open, so get in touch with us soon to reserve your business's time on the show. What's Up ABQ is produced by Lindsay and Ryan with post-production assistance from me, Paul Nixon, at paulnixonvo.com. Make sure and leave us a review on your favorite podcast player. Tell your friends about us, and thanks for listening.